Thank you for joining us for Reducing the Risk of Teen Addiction, a podcast series from Rogers Behavioral Health. When it comes to preventing teens from turning to drugs or alcohol, we must first understand who is most at risk, the signs to watch for, and what to do if we suspect a teen is using. Throughout this series, you'll gain critical insight into navigating this very complex issue. Today on the podcast, we are talking about teen substance use, the difference between experimentation and abuse, and when it may be time to seek help. I'm Becky Wham, and today I'm talking with Dr. Michelle Maloney, Executive Director of Addiction Services at Rogers Behavioral Health. Dr. Maloney, this is a scary reality. Tell us about the current state of teen substance use. Well, thank you, Becky. You know, teen substance use, we hear a lot currently in the media regarding the opioid crisis, the vaping crisis, and now we're embarking on a methamphetamine crisis. You know, substance use is one of those things that doesn't discriminate. It's throughout the country, doesn't depend on demographics, doesn't depend on socioeconomic status. And when we think about it, you know, currently speaking, 21 million individuals age 12 and older have a substance use disorder. You know, in addition to those crises I already mentioned, we're also embarking on a foster care system crisis. There are so many children where their parents are deceased or have lost custody as a result of an overdose. And it's really impacting even as young as six months old. You know, when we think about it, there is a baby born with neonatal abstinence syndrome every 15 minutes in the country. So when we think about substance use being, you know, a genetic disease, those factors really have a significant impact on our children growing up. You know, some of the the things that we think about, particularly with adolescents, there are typically three main substances we think of. You know, we think of smoking and the vaping, we think of alcohol, and we think of marijuana. Now, even though those are some, you know, shocking statistics, there is some good news. When we think about adolescents, you know, we hear a lot about marijuana on the news, but um, when we think about adolescents, the truth is most adolescents do not use marijuana. In fact, only about 35% of adolescents have actually tried marijuana. However, when marijuana is used, it is second behind alcohol for school failures and car accidents. Unfortunately, when alcohol is used, it can lead to some pretty significant um, concerns, anything from psychosis to depression to suicide. You know, suicide also is another crisis facing our adolescents as we speak. And then with uh, marijuana, we also have your synthetic marijuanas, your K2, your spice. And because of how those drugs are made with a lot of different chemicals, it also, we don't know necessarily everything in those chemicals. And therefore, it makes it hard to treat and to truly understand um, how to treat them because of the unpredictability factor there. Along with marijuana, we have smoking and vaping. I mean, vaping has been a crisis. We've seen a lot of lung injury deaths. A recent study here in Wisconsin, um, when I say recent, I mean 2018, showed that we had a 154% increase in vaping, while the use of traditional cigarettes, if you will, have significantly declined. When we look at middle schoolers, 
4.1% of middle, middle schoolers are using e-cigarettes or, you know, vaping. And that is basically a 272% increase since 2014. That is quite astonishing when we think of middle, middle school. When we think of vaping, we think of high schoolers, we think of that as being a rite of passage, but it is a significant increase. And then when we look at alcohol, we're looking at one in 15 12-year-olds are drinking alcohol. We're looking at two in three 18-year-olds drank alcohol in the last year. And what we really find is that those who start drinking before the age of 15, about 40% of them go on to develop an alcohol use disorder. And when we look at adults, if they started using prior to 18, 90% of all of the adults we treat started their substance use in adolescence. So it is quite you know, shocking as you go through your lifespan. But again, I wanna reiterate that although it's a crisis currently, not all adolescents are using substances. And that is the good news. For parents who don't understand vaping, e-cigarettes, juuling, can you give us an explanation of what's what? Sure. Now, the vaping is an ongoing, there are a lot of changes that are ongoing with um, vaping. Anywhere from the new law that was passed January 1st in which flavored uh, cartridges are now banned for anyone under the age of 21. But in short, what it is, is it's a mechanism that water gets heated and there is a cartridge filled with nicotine. And when that water gets heated, it provides a vape or steam. And the chemical byproducts of that sometimes are formaldehyde. And so when you think of formaldehyde, it's not something you necessarily want to ingest um, into your lungs. There is still no clear-cut evidence of what is causing the lung disease. And so I think that's ongoing work with that. Now, Juul is putting out, you know, through their public relations firms that they're changing their advertising to try to not attract adolescents. However, the reality is the perception of vaping is it's less harmful than traditional cigarettes. But I would want to get across to our listeners that less harmful does not equal safe. And in fact, at this point, we don't even know that it's less harmful. So what's the difference between teens experimenting with alcohol or drugs or abusing those things or being addicted to alcohol or drugs? That is a great question, and it's something that we always take a look at. Experimentation, when we think of it, we think about the social norm of experimentation being a rite of passage for adolescents. Experimentation is something that happens maybe once twice. The adolescent really isn't interested in the substance. Maybe it was in an effort to fit in with a social group. Maybe it was something they saw on TV. They thought they would give it a try, but they don't really have any consequences. Or if they do, it's minimal. Maybe they got drunk and now they have a headache the next morning, kind of that natural consequence. But it's kind of one of those things where I'm not going to do that again. That did not feel good. It also, they have interest in other activities. Those tend to be very helpful. You know, with experimentation moving into abuse, 
you may think of like, oh, well, I live in the suburbs. My kids can't have access to those. You know, in a recent study, we found that 70% of adolescents said they could get a substance within 24 hours if they wanted to. And so experimentation is rampant. Um, So I don't want to mislead the listeners. But as you move from experimentation to abuse, there's some things that happen. And all abuse starts with experimentation. And some of the risk factors that can help move an adolescent from experimentation to abuse include age of first use. When did they start using? Genetic factors. You know, we do know that substance use disorder addiction tends to run in families. Some societal norms, we do see it in certain pockets of the country where the perceived risk is much lower than, you know, the harm, if you will. You know, and then as we move forward from abuse to experimentation to addiction, you know, we really put things into three categories. The first category is like symptoms related to control. For example, you know, if an adolescent is drinking and they start drinking one beer and then they need three beers to get the same effect, we call that tolerance. And so they're using more of a substance than what they were. Or if they are, they cannot cut down, they want to cut down or maybe they want to stop, but they can't because they go through physical symptoms. And that really is what we call withdrawal. The second category is symptoms related to the effect on their life. So as I mentioned in experimentation, you know, adolescents tend to have more activities outside of the substance. When someone moves into abuse and addiction, we see their relationships change. It could be relationships with their family, relationship with their peers. Maybe they no longer have the same group of friends and their friends have changed. We also see them giving up activities. Maybe they used to be the high school football quarterback and now they've given up football. Uh, The third category we see is symptoms related to really the level of physical dependence. Again, needing more of that same drug to get the same effect, withdrawal symptoms. So those three categories tend to move somebody into the addiction or what we would call substance use disorder. If we think about it a little bit differently, Um, There are a couple of other signs, symptoms that parents can take a look at if they're concerned about their child's. You know, one is physical and emotional. Adolescents who use substances, we see a lot of mood swings. And I don't want to confuse this with puberty because some mood swings are very natural within puberty. However, parents tend to know, like, what's normal for their child and what's not normal for their child's. And so, you know, I give parents a lot of credit in that regard. Some other changes in sleep. Maybe they, you know, used to sleep eight, nine hours, but now they're sleeping 14 hours, or maybe they're only sleeping three hours. Dilated pupils, unexplained nosebleeds. Unexplained nosebleeds could signify snorting, that they're snorting a drug, you know, where they've either threatened or attempted suicide. You know, suicide, as I mentioned before, another crisis within our country currently. Those are some physical and emotional, social, socially, Are there a change in friends? Have they lost control? Are they becoming more secretive? Again, I think adolescents, it's normal for them to want to individuate from their parents. And so they do tend to become more secretive naturally. However, I think parents, again, know there's a line, if you will, as to what's normal individuation versus truly secretive. 
you know, when they look at the family, the home, you know, are they ignoring rules? Are they using air fresheners to cover up smells? Or are they eating a lot of mints to cover up their own breath? Those can also be signs, if you will, in school. Are they missing school? Were they used to getting all A's and B's and now they're failing? So how, has there been a drop in grades? Are they sleeping in class? Are they having behavioral issues or school? All of these are symptoms within the school context that can indicate some substance use. Financial. Financial can go both ways. You know, one being they're stealing, you know, because they need money to buy drugs. The other is they have a lot of money because they're dealing drugs. And so, you know, financial, but looking at has their financial picture changed in some way? Legal issues also, you know, are they running away from home? Are they getting arrested? You know, are they more involved in with other peers that maybe are getting arrested, right? That can indicate some changes. So I think all of those signs, symptoms, you know, I always tell parents, you know your child, if you think something's amiss, it probably is. You just may not know what that that is at that moment. Does the length at which this has been going on help you determine if this is experimentation or use or abuse? It can. It is not a definitive answer where I can say if you've been using one year, it's addiction, or if you've been using, you know, two years, it's abuse. It's not that clear cut. There's a lot of factors that go into answering that question. A lot of it has to do with the age of the child. Some of it has to do with the actual substance. So, you know, one of the things, particularly with opioids, we know that someone can become physically dependent on an opioid within one week, particularly if they're a young child. You know, and so if I say to you, someone who, who has used one week, you know, would they be addicted? You'd probably think not. But physically, their body may be dependent upon that substance and they will go through withdrawal symptoms. On the other hand, someone who drinks alcohol and drinks to blacking out, and every time they drink, they drink to black to black out, but they only drink once a month, would we say that they're experimenting once a month or would we say they're abusing once a month? And we'd probably say they're abusing it if every time they drink, they drink to blackout. So it's not that clear cut. And so it really does, you know, as providers, we tend to look at the full picture of an individual, you know, what else is going on in their life? What other symptoms are they experiencing? Do they have any mental health concerns that also need to be addressed? Because, you know, many individuals can experience or use as a result of something else in their life. Or it may be considered the norm within a home or the norm within society, you know, because when we think of society, you know, there is a drug culture. We know that movies, advertisements really can draw an adolescent into wanting to fit in with friends, right? Particularly with our society nowadays as we talk about social media. When we think about social media years ago, we didn't know if our friends left us out from going to the mall. Today, we know it within a minute. Um, and so it does weigh on us as to, you know, 
Do we fit in? What do I do to fit in? And there is a lot of peer pressure associated with that. And therefore, you know, it's just one component. So the duration somebody's been using um, is one component of what we take a look at. Dr. Maloney, we appreciate your expertise. Next time on the podcast, we'll talk about risk factors and learn more about why kids use substances. Rogers Behavioral Health is helping children, teens, and adults rise above their challenges with mental health or addiction. To learn more about Rogers' specialized treatment, visit rogersbh.org today. I'm Becky Wham. Thank you so much for tuning in.